You're listening to a Good World Podcast. Presented by Good Organics. With your hosts, Garrett McMartin and Gary Beasley. Where we talk about good news. The kind that you want to hear. Sustainability. Small changes that protect our world. And the mind, body, and soul. Pretty much anything that we believe leads to a better future and a good world for everyone. Okay, we're live. Hello, um, welcome to Good World Podcast uh, with your hosts Garrett McMartin and Gary Beasley. We're actually blessed to be joined by Mariah and Joseph today. Uh, say hey, say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself, guys. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. So we're guys. calling um, from the Mojave Desert, California, and our business name we are Arctic Desert. <laughs> yeah, so we um, we started a, a health journey a few years ago, and um, we've landed here. And so we're just excited to talk to you guys today and share our story and just, you know, hang out and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. You guys are doing some really cool stuff in terms of, you know, bringing light, bringing education into something that I think needs a lot more light around it. There's a lot going on. And and so Arctic Desert, what does that mean to you? Where 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 does it where do you where do you, where do you come up with the venture? Where do, where does uh, the goal and the intent behind it all come from? Hmm. Yeah, well, let's see. When Joseph and I met, we met about 2 years ago actually, exactly 2 years ago. And we both, um, something we had in common was our desire to want to help others and um, to help um, ourselves, you know, learn how to be healthier. And we were like, it'd be so cool if we started a little business. We'd play around with business names, even though we had no idea what we're actually going to do. And one of our favorite health practices that we do is hot and cold water contrast therapy and so we were just kind of playing around with different types of hot and cold names and we came up with arctic desert uh, interesting interesting <laughs> is that um so the hot and cold therapy is this something that you learned about or you had this intuition to go find is it tell us a little more yeah so actually we just made a post about that today i think you guys saw that one and it goes Back six years ago, um, the catalyst was when my dad had four-stage cancer, and we really delve into natural healing, and hydrotherapy was a huge one we came across. Uh, We were following a holistic um, and herbal doctor, his protocol. Yeah, and and actually that practice has been used for thousands of years, um, and you know, just like with a lot of things that are natural from thousands of years past, they get mm-hmm. buried in all the modern practices today. And so this holistic doctor um, said that and believes and has it's tried and true that this therapy that you can do like in your own shower for free mm-hmm. every day is one of the most healing things that you can do for yourself. Yeah, so it is it just hot and cold like while you're in the shower, so extremely hot, extremely cold, or how, how does that work? Yeah, that's where you would start, and you can always go more advanced, like if you have two tubs. Yeah, tell them what we did with your dad. Um, 
so kind of the more advanced route and then i can circle back and go like if you just want to do in your shower but um in our one of our bathrooms we had a shower and a tub so i would freeze like a whole uh three foot block of ice in the freezer every night and then the next day we'd fill up the tub put that block in there and my dad would like you want to fully submerge your body so in his case he had four stage cancer you know all over his body um so get your whole body in there your head is going to like just give you a shock you know really invigorate you and then get into the hot shower and just get it as hot as you can and you just keep going back and forth like 30 seconds a minute back and forth like seven 10 reps but he would do it for like an hour like once or twice a day and that helps create circulation a pump to get you know all those the herbs and the blood circulating and healing yeah i've actually um i've done cryotherapy and i'm a huge fan of both cryotherapy and sauna so i'm pretty aware of that and i yeah i enjoy both that's so cool yeah i think it it, it helps regenerate your white blood cells as well is do you guys know anything about that yeah i mean it does so many things it helps with that um it helps create a pump for your lymphatic system as well you know like our heart pumps our blood but there's really not anything that really helps um your lymphatic drainage system so it's great for that it helps you um develop brown fat which is a healthier fat um it helps kill off zombie cells (laughs) to allow (laughs) newer cells to to come and um yeah, yeah, I mean, like so I, I had a personal experience with it as well. You know, we had been yeah. studying it and um, a little over a year and a half, like I guess it was a year ago, I got really sick. I hadn't been sick in forever. I had a really bad flu and I had a, I had a fever. I was in so much pain and I was on the floor, like immobilized. And Joseph looked at me and he said, I know you don't want to hear this, but you're going to have to get in the shower. And I'm like, I'm dying. And he's like, you got to do it. And um, where we were staying actually had a pool and it was winter and the pool was reading at about 52 degrees. So we put the shower on on really hot and I would plunge myself into the the pool, stay there for 20 to 30 seconds, get into the shower. And I have to tell you, that was the first time I had ever experienced the (laughs) hot and cold uh, water therapy myself. And I went from not being able to even stand because my um, my head hurt so bad because the fever was so bad. Yeah, when I came in the house earlier, I saw her crawling like to the bathroom, oh <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "So yeah, it with after those I, I did seven reps. Um, I was totally able to stand. Um, I wasn't completely well immediately, but I did kick that thing out of my body within 24 hours. Whereas um, some of our, our family members that had the same mm-hmm. flu were sick for 10 days. Wow. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It's, it's, I, it really showcases the healing properties of water, not just so much the hot and cold, but I think like the water as a whole has a lot of healing properties when it's treated and respected the proper way, given mm-hmm. gratitude for the, the powers that be within, right? Um it's a really complex uh, molecule, like very complex. It's, it's one of the only things that has a memory and it takes on characteristic of everything it touches without changing. 
receptive to emotions and all sorts of things. It's really, really amazing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we love H2O. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everything what you're saying right there is absolutely true. And it's it's remarkable. Um, I actually just saw something today about tears, even that mm. tears um, produced from sorrow or tears produced from laughter or tears produced from cutting onions all mm. had a different makeup. They were all completely mm. different. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's cool. You didn't tell that's me about that. Like you leave your mark on it, you like a, a, almost like a memory chip, right? Like it just tracks, keeps your emotion and then it carries it with it. Really For cool. sure. And you know, you know, the water internally played a huge part in Joseph's dad um, beating that incurable stage four cancer, which is a, another huge part of our story and the journey that we're on of wanting to really bring awareness to what is found in our water, um, the different types of water water that um is found at the different places around the world you know you've, you've heard of the the miracle waters from around the world have you guys heard of those yeah i've heard a few like uh you know the crystallized water where it's just all the right settings that the water is very happy and, and it brings a lot of healing property with it i'm not sure if i'm it's the specific one you're talking about yeah there's you know there's different places around the world like in lourdes france and um the himalayas where when the water comes, you know, out of the ground or off of the glaciers, it's alive. It's living water. It's supercharged with um, molecular hydrogen, which is the world's most powerful antioxidant. And so you'll hear, you'll see on the news or you'll, you'll read on different things where people, you know, go on like, you know, they'll, they'll travel across the world to be able to, to touch this water and to drink this water and to bathe in the water. They call it, you know, fountains of youth and all these things, but. Oh, the Huns of people. Yeah. The Huns of people. And, I'm a um, firm believer in that. I really am because it's, I, I think in certain areas of the world, you're going to have a more synergistic feel with, you know, just the way it was built and whatever happened in the time. But I know there's yeah. some areas, like even when you go visit ancient forest or, or large monumental like rock faces, there's an energy there. You feel it. Absolutely. So, I, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't it be any different with water, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, that water is running over those energetic forces that you're describing, you know, and there's minerals and vibrations and certain things that are present in the earth in those places um, uh, where the water comes off the glaciers, I actually call it glacial milk because it's cloudy with all of that hydrogen and the different minerals that are found. And so, you know, they studied those people for, for many decades and um, they found that the reason those people that lived there lived to 125 plus years, wow. completely free of disease. They had like 90 year old men there building roads. Exactly. So <laughs> it's not like there was like decrepit 100 years old. These were active people that had no disease and they found it was the water. And, you know, now because we're so we're so separated from the earth and natural resources. We're all congregated in cities and, you know, our, our water that we have in, in these places, you know, we're in, we're in um, North America, 
I know you guys are too, whoever's listening. Um, our, our source water here is just more acidic. So processed, it's like treated, um, you know, pharmaceutical runoff. So, you know, not to get too far on a tangent, I'll bring it back to Joseph's dad here, but, um, the type of cancer that Joseph's dad was a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which has been directly linked to glyphosate, you know, Roundup. And there's been a huge lawsuit going on about that. Well, it's penetrating uh, the aquifers now. And so yeah. It's it's quite the issue. And back to what you're saying with the water, it's this bigger thing of the system that's feeding this kind of behavior. Why we're not, every day we're losing. Up here in Canada, it used to be, and this was only 20 years ago, Anywhere you could float a canoe was a protected waterway. And slowly but slowly, it's been shrunk. It was to 200 and then to 73, and now it's like 26 protected wow. bodies of water, right? And now they're trying to take those away, too, to obviously build pipelines. And and that's a lot of what's going on with the up here in this big water uh, commotion and everything because... <clears throat> People are trying to stop these corporations because they're blatantly denying the effects that they have on the surrounding uh, habitats and the uh, ecosystems. That it's very wow. clear. People see it. You see these effects, but they're they're denying it. And like you said, with the Roundup, it's all. Why is it still being sold? It's it's. I know it's mind boggling, and it seems so clear to people like us um, and you and and people that can see it but you know the dollar is is powerful and anytime anything is going on you just follow that money trail and Mm -hmm. yeah we went into home depot last week and there's just a whole pallet two pallets of roundup which is like i think it's more more people know now like what it really is but it's like home depot they they should know better so yeah. I made a little video on that. And, <laughs> you know, actually a lot of people don't know. So we just got to keep spreading the word and hopefully it trickles up to yeah. the top. But, yeah, the corporations have so much power, you know, lobby, lobbying the politicians and making the laws. Well, and I'll, I'll say also, you know, back to Joseph's dad, who, you know, that, again, was like the huge catalyst for, you know, why we do what we do um, and why our heart is so attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if we mentioned he's been in remission this entire time. He's doing extremely well and he's really passionate about educating people on water and, and the hidden things in our environment as well. Um, but, you know, he did a holistic protocol and he also um, received a Japanese medical device that makes the world's healthiest water and the water that the machine makes um mimics what happens at those places around the world that makes that hydrogen rich water. So that was another huge part of his healing journey. And, um, you know, in a perfect world, it would be awesome if we could just live by a stream, you know, in a different country where the water is incredible, but Mm -hmm. you know, we just, we just don't. So it's awesome that those machines do exist. Um, they've been used in hospitals in Japan for almost 50 years. Um, and we just have to be really careful with, you know, the verbiage that we use now, because as you guys know, when you talk about things that are quote unquote healing or holistic, um, the FDA and the FCC have a lot of strict guidelines of what you can and can't say. Mm -hmm. 
I just wanted to ask you guys, did <clears throat> back to Joseph's dad and the glyphosate and the Roundup, was he in contact with this uh, with this chemical at all? Yes. Like yeah. directly for um, work or he, just he used by... it in the in his garden and you know yeah there's right. actually still some in his garage recently and I was I got so mad I was like what are you doing <laughs> like what is this I'm not sure yeah. I don't think he was still using it but there was some that was still there <clears throat> yeah um, uh, after I seen your post um, I actually I was thinking too because my my grandma actually died of lung cancer um, at 55 I'm so sorry yeah thank wow. you um. And yeah, I was thinking like back to my childhood and she, she always would use Roundup as well. And I was like, oh, maybe like, maybe there's a connection there between that and the lung cancer. But I was thinking about it and she, she was a smoker for her whole life. So that's mm. where the yeah. lung cancer came from. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Yes, so. Like you said, it's just like, <clears throat> it's it's not just roundup it's not just glyphosate it's it's so many things you know there's hidden toxins in our water <clears throat> like once we started um you know studying water we realized that you know cancer has gone up like 90 something like 92 percent since 1920 um and there's certain things that are allowed in our water that they deem like in the safe zone but are by no means safe so yeah. Yeah, definitely not. I actually uh, have a bit of an education on this. I got a technology degree in the water, and it's it's quite disturbing, a lot of what it's allowed. And if you go back to look at, say, how you're saying companies kind of are, are finding ways to get their chemicals, it almost seems that, like, you know, fluoride I was reading into, there was... Um, a public relations guy back in the day because fluoride's actually a mining uh, like a side product that is just, it's, uh, it's created through the process and they don't really have anything to do with it so they, they pay scientists to find uses for these products so they don't make money on and if they can get compelling enough evidence then they push it into the, the daily life of the public right and that's where yeah. you see a lot of these chemicals and stuff coming and not so much just the water too like the food everything we use it's got some pretty nasty stuff in it so um but you think about the water there's so much micro like i think it's very minute that we are not able we don't have the ability to remove it we have yeah. Um, I mean, on large scale, you can use very fine filtration like Nana, Ultra, or Reverse Osmosis. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, you're you're kind of hooped, and a lot I of this know. just gets sent out in the river, and then it goes into the fish, and whatever eats the fish, us, everything, it 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 keeps spreading, and and before you know it, these steroids antibiotics uh, harsh chemicals are everywhere and mm -hmm. literally find traces of these everywhere and a really sad thing i read was uh the radiation in the in the pacific ocean right now there wasn't a single fish they tested that didn't have trace amounts of radiation in it so that is just <laughs> yeah. wow and i surf so i I, I've been surfing for over 20 years, so I don't know. Maybe I, I got some radiation rate, there. Right? I mean, hopefully some superpowers out of it. 
<laughs> no, I know it's 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 like you know your brain can just explode like thinking it's like an impossible situation and, and what can we do and um but I think that you know just education is huge because a lot of people just don't know and they're not doing anything no. um and there is so much that we that we can do and um, or we can keep contributing to exactly. the issue by like whatever our choices are based on consumerism convenience and yeah. kind of what you were saying garrett like we were just reading about um all that water that's contaminated is given to the plants and agriculture and then that gets into the plants too yeah, that's in the seeds it's in the plants it's in the soil it's in yeah it's a very much in the soil that was one of the processes of uh breaking down wastewater is you can you're able to turn it into a soil when you when you process it correctly and this soil is packed with nutrients but the thing is the soil has none of these chemicals removed so and it's very widely used because it's obviously again a byproduct that can be sold that's supposed to be waste so whenever you have that it's pushed quite hard but mm. as in most cases they push these before they test them and so that's where you get to see all these chemicals and stuff popping up but it's like at this point they've already soiled all the farms with it so what do you do yeah you have to grow your oh, own man. food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this reminds me. Um, have you guys you guys are familiar with um, Forever Chemicals, the non-stick? Um, no, no, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with that name. Oh, there's but a great. I might have to explain it. Um, the the Teflon. There's like chemicals they spray, uh, like Teflon oh, yes, on yes, pans yes. and stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, so this yeah, uh, forever chemicals like it, it's can never get br broken down, right? Stays in the water, stays in the environment, and just keeps destroying everything. Oh yeah, we I didn't know that. Yeah, there's but a we great just try to avoid that stuff. But yeah. yeah, there's a great documentary called "The Devil We Know," and it actually outlines the companies that make this stuff and like still tried to cover it up and there's huge court case about it and all the workers there that have gotten cancer and died and like the people around the town wow. like it's crazy so that that's a good Whoa. show to watch on netflix we're gonna for sure watch that one yeah. thank you yeah i mean we're we've been you know so careful Cause... about like the the teflon pans and everything you know making sure we don't have them but i know that i grew up eating off those things as you know yeah. a kid and a, a young adult yeah the devil we know the devil, the devil we, we know. know the devil we know yeah we'll yeah. watch that tonight and uh, so, thanks yeah, for sharing the non-stick with you know the pans uh clothes carpets anything non-stick <laughs> has these chemicals right oh yeah we just went down the the rabbit hole about <laughs> plastics in our clothing and oh, yeah. so we've um we've just purchased um some natural fabric clothing you know hemp and nice bamboo and cotton and we're i mean it's like but what do we do with like i we literally started reading the tags of all of our clothing and it's yeah. like everything is in acrylic or polyester blend yeah that's like for Just, one of our products is a bamboo bristle toothbrush because you see all these bamboo bristle toothbrush but they're still using the 
plastic, plastic. Or a bamboo bamboo toothbrush sorry but they're still using poly, like uh, plastic bristles right hmm. i mean it's yeah. a good it's a good cause you're still eliminating a lot but there's there's so much everywhere it's so hard there's to so get much away from it do. right Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea until recently that just washing your clothing releases microplastics into our water system. That was something I learned this last year that I was just heartbroken over, and seeing how the microplastics are even showing up in like, you know, unborn umbilical cords. It's just like or it's out of control. Linking uh, the microplastics with glyphosate, we just learned that once the glyphosate gets into your body, it starts to break down certain barriers and you which makes you more susceptible to like absorbing, absorbing more microplastics yeah yeah that that reminds me just and before we get off this topic um that yeah. those chemicals are actually on the toothpaste bristles and um what's it called yeah the toothbrush uh, which bristles, chemicals the the forever chemicals the non-stick oh really on toothpaste bristles and um that's sick. What's it called? Dental floss. And the dental floss, sorry. Yeah, dental floss as well. Wow. So, yeah, really disturbing. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, that's, obviously. That's horrible. Wow. It's, you know, you're getting it right into your blood system, you know, because, yeah. you know, going through your gums. Yes. And then they know that, though, right? And they <laughs> say, oh, what... it helps slide in, in between your teeth better. Like, wow. Yeah. It's all got a it's crazy. quote unquote person yeah. behind it, right? We're going to have to make a little video about that tomorrow and then we'll yeah. tag, oh, tag you guys. Yeah. Something worth looking into. Cause, and like you said, what you were talking about earlier, like people, they're learning about it, but is it is it that they don't know or they don't want to know, right? Because these kind of things thrown in your face and you've been doing it your whole life. You have a choice to believe it and change it or turn a blind eye and kind of go, well, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we definitely come across <clears throat> a lot of people like that. <clears throat> um, or like, I'm going to die anyway. Or like, what What can you do? Everything's contaminated. It's like, well, you can do something. <laughs> exactly. Start with doing one thing. And, you know, if we didn't do anything when we started Arctic Desert, um, where we'd still be in the same place. But we've learned so much and we've helped educate so many people. And then we meet like-minded people like you are doing the same it's like it just shows you can make a difference absolutely and i think also approaching people by asking them questions and sharing your story is you know it it puts people more at ease and more comfortable to be open to learning um i i've learned especially just from experience with myself that if someone just comes at you like spilling facts at you it can be you can feel defensive and you'll put up a, a defensive little wall or, and um, so coming from a place of just, you know, compassion and sharing your story. Um, it's better than just spilling a bunch of facts at someone. Cause no one, people yeah. don't really respond to that very well. A lot of people get defensive when you spill facts on them. Of eh? course yeah. you're shifting their whole, yeah. you know, world. You're flipping yeah. it upside down. And That's a great point. And people, I just actually reading a book about this and like, and even if you convince someone, you can, you know, you almost cannot convince someone they're wrong because people, when they're in a, a mind state where 
it's almost denial and and it's just not a matter of being right or wrong anymore it's about defending their pride in this one situation it might be the only thread that they have in their life like a lot of people are you know unstable (laughs) and they have a lot of cognitive dissonance they're not not solid and they want that security and if you start picking away all these things that make up the whole foundation of their life it tends to you know really throw people off and it's obviously defensive but it's also like i don't want to believe that because that means everything i know is a lie (laughs) yeah i I mean i feel like this entire last year 2020 was waking up to that the world that we've all been living in is pretty much a lie (laughs) yeah i i think it's about stress too like a lot of people like you said about 2020 everybody's just stressed to the max and nobody wants to hear about how the water's contaminated they're like that's enough we're done right yeah Yeah. i mean i feel like and also it could be a really big missed opportunity though i think that some people are just you know oh the world is a bad place and i'm just gonna hide and smoke pot and watch netflix until it goes back to normal or you can say like man like this is an opportunity to really learn and figure out something new and uh i don't know create a a new path yeah Uh, i think it's a great opera this this year has given a great opportunity i mean joseph and i have said and you know we know that there's people that have suffered a lot of loss and you know we had a lot of loss in our life too but you know it's also been one of the best years of our lives because we did wake up to a lot of things and we did get a lot of um you know we started a plan b that we realized our plan B was something that we were more passionate about than our careers that we had had. And mm-hmm. if our careers hadn't had disappeared overnight, we never would have started our plan B, which is our true calling. So we're really grateful yeah. for, for that. Definitely. That's something uh, I've, I firmly believe and I agree with that whole, not just awakening with that replacement of values of prioritizing you uh, you know, you feel in your heart what's true and what's right, and you can see, you know, kind of above it all, but you can turn a blind eye still fairly easy, but when you really throw yourself in the mix, it's hard not to follow your heart. It's hard not to do these things that are good for you, for the environment, for your spirit, for your friends, for your family. These really come from a good intent. It's not about oh hey i'm a miracle worker or blah 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 believe in the uh the mist behind the door but it's would it really be that bad would it really be so horrible you know like would it is this life that we're envisioning that far from what our true purpose is because in my mind our purpose is is that of thus natural healing connection even the whole system of living is is it's all based on separation and i think this is something that as a whole this big time is is kind of opening that people want to be together we're not we're not hating each other we're not we're not as divided as they tell us on the news people want to be together you feel they're earning to go out and be with people yeah and i think you know how you guys said about following your passion i think once you do that and you start connecting with people that that see eye to eye with you everything just starts falling into place and you realize like this is what i'm supposed to do and it and it will end up working and it's you have a much better life like that 
No, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we don't believe that like we're magic workers or, or healers, you know, by any means. Um, we believe that, you know, God put all these things here on plant on the planet for, for us to use for a reason. And like you said, you know, everyone is, you know, hungry for community and, and love and togetherness. And um, as much as the media would like to split us all apart, you know, we're just trying to connect each other. You know, I used to use social media very blindly, you know, just as like a mindless, you know, selfie tool. (laughs) And, you know, now we use it with intention of, you know, Mm -hmm. connecting with people and, um, you know, people just want to be heard or listened to, or, you know, we made some really good friends over the past year that we never met in person. It was just, we shifted how we use social media to actually be, use it for community, like social to be social, I guess. Um, So it's so powerful. And, you know, we met you guys too. Yeah. Awesome. We never met in person yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so this kind of brings us back to y- your business. So maybe you can tell us about how that how you got started and and tell us what it is all about. Yeah, so um, I guess it really does begin with, you know, COVID happening. I was a, a makeup artist for twenty years, and I was a portrait wedding photographer. I've been doing my own business for a few years. So we we had actually met on a photo shoot yes oh that's a a little true love story yeah guys both yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and um but you know i i'd been doing it for 20 years and i was really burned out and i didn't really i didn't know what else i could do it was everything that i knew um i wanted to learn to help people i didn't know what that looked like i started taking like an online a holistic nutrition course, you know, herbology, um, but I really didn't have the time or the energy to put into it. And when COVID happened and I was laid off and Joseph's jobs just disappeared overnight. I mean, he had weddings and... Oh, yeah, you can imagine. It just, <laughs> we had, we were living paycheck to paycheck and everything collapsed and we were, we were pretty freaked out to say the least. Mm-hmm. So we had been doing Arctic Desert and um, for a few months, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were um, we were doing like guided detoxes, like just helping people walk through um, doing bowel and liver detoxes, making our herbal tinctures. And we had right before the pandemic hit, we had put together like a three day desert detox retreat that we wanted to do and bring people out there, have different types of uh, you know, professionals in that natural healing world all together. Um, so we've yet to do that, but that's still on our plate. Well, that was, yeah, that was dependent on Airbnbs being open and those just all shut Mm -hmm. down as well. So, um, we, we found out that the water machine that Joseph's dad had been using for the last six years actually had, um, a distributor program. And so, it was like a no brainer. We felt like God put that in our lap that here's something that was a tool that Joseph's family had been using the last six years mm-hmm. and they had experienced firsthand the the healing properties of it. So 
um, we we added that to our our tool belt of what we use, um, and we help people get those in their homes today. And yeah, we just I really but like we just the, yeah. I really like the, the <laughs> retreat idea. That's um. I think like in terms of healing, that's where the true healing is found. Like when you bring yeah. people to a space that's, you know, sacred, whether it be anywhere, but when you've put that intention into providing a safe healing space, um, that alone brings a certain power to it. Then when you have, like you said, professionals and, and then you have like a program plan to achieve a purpose, that's where the real healing is because not only do you get the practical healing like what you went there for but you also get that communal vibe that acceptance that love like you said um a lot of people are looking for and i think there's a lot of pain mm -hmm. in our world that doesn't get dealt with right and it gets brushed under the rug and then they become politicians. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we... They we, need the, the healing retreat most. <laughs> we still want to do it. So when we do, you guys will have to come out for it. But yeah, it's a, it's a whole three-day program. And like you said, a lot of it is around the community. Um, hiking with gratuity. Not gratuity. Um, <laughs> gra gratitude. And... Um, <laughs> We take like a, a holistic approach where we want, you know, of course, we're helping people detox and put good stuff in and build new habits, but also like the psychological part would yes. be learning yes. uh, to be grateful. Like we started, we got some gratitude journals. I thought it was kind of corny at first, but that really did oh, make a yeah. huge difference I in our it. lives I love it. Um, and the spiritual too, you know, so just. Yeah, um, that was approaching a huge... every part of man's being. That like was that. a huge practice that we 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 started actually at the end of 2019. We got gratitude journals where you start every day with three things you're grateful for, and it just became a part of our lives. And you know, I'm I'm so grateful that we started that through 2020. Like to look back at that that journal through the those times is yeah, especially awesome. for me. I I used to wake up like really angry mm -hmm. um and like mariah she would go home like crying and scared she thought it was her it was just <laughs> i don't know i i was to really toxic like you know i was yeah, in the i was you know taking drugs i was in the rave scene so Tired, you got all that yeah. stuff you're putting in your body and drinking every day and the food and then learning to be grateful in the morning it was hard at first you know i was like i, I don't know there's nothing to be thankful mm -hmm. for um so it was, it's, it's been really powerful. Even to this day, you know, I set the force myself sometimes to be grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, that's where I started the huge shift for me. And it's, it's even when you are, you know, putting out your gratitude or whatever you're doing, people will say, well, you know, I'm not sure that works, but at the end of the day, when you do something enough, it becomes a habit and that's a perception changer. So, you know, even if all the benefits that might be out there, which I do believe in, aren't there, it's a perception changer. And why is mm -hmm. it a bad thing to be, you know, a positive, happy, grateful person and you feel better, you're able to transmute um, you know, negative energy for a lot of times into positive energy because we personally had especially getting our business started and going there's always hiccups and some of them just seem mm -hmm. 
uh, like a brick wall. And it's like, fuck, like, yeah. what are we going to do? Like, there's no way to be grateful here. This is it. We're done. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And then you sit down and you clear your head and you maybe take the night, have a sleep and you wake up and it's like, ping. You're like, hey, wait, we never looked at it like this. Well, that's good. And that's good. And we learned this. So there's always a way to shift that right and it, and it brings a better feeling with it it brings a happier mindset which is contagious on its own yeah i think gratitude is the cornerstone of happiness and i think if more people you know started doing gratitude journals there would be a lot less uh depression in mm. general yeah, we Absolutely. I mean, it, it forces you to look for the silver lining, even if it's something that's so simple as like, I'm grateful my eyes open today. I'm yeah. grateful there's food in my cupboard. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, be like, you know, something extravagant, you know, but just mm -hmm. just that practice in general. Yeah, I, I started with a gratitude journal. I do more of like a manifestation journal now where I try to open myself more to connection with the universe and spirit and it's really cool to see looking back on your journal and 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 going like just reading through and you're like oh well i did that already and that got done and oh geez that finished and oh yeah i found that randomly and <laughs> like oh right i had i had, and it was a cool story because i had been really wanting to find eagle feathers i'm a half indigenous and i wanted to build a uh, tool but uh anyways i've been writing about it and wanting it and then um, you know two months later i found one on the road so <laughs> it's really, wow. really amazing yeah that's yeah, a beautiful thing oh i think we we lost you for a little bit there i got you though he's back oh no worries so yeah i mean that's really really a lot of positive things to come from just a mindset i think the education and learning like pushing yourself to get out of your comfort zone is really important as well and it doesn't have to be spirituality or anything but how often are you are you I knew, like everyone says they don't trust the government or screw the government but <laughs> you know it, it's our actions speak otherwise and I, I spoke about this briefly in our last episode but we're, we're the ones that feed this machine we're the ones that keep saying it's okay to do this kind of stuff because we don't ever stop our habits we don't change our habits mm -hmm. and I, I, like I said I'm guilty of this too I still have once in a while, like I forget my reusable bags or it took me a while to even adopt that. Right. And there's these little habits that aren't that hard and they're pretty accessible, but you're still not there. Right. I know you guys are probably a little step above and you guys are on your own uh, mobile uh, venture right now. So it's easier to track everything or I shouldn't say easier because I don't want to take away from anything, but um, it's definitely a learning process. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just to know that um, it's okay to be imperfect and it's okay to, you know, forget your bags. Um, there was an exercise that I'm trying to remember one of the, the girls we follow on social media that does like zero waste. It was an exercise where for one week you. Oh, trash is for tossers. Yeah. Trash is for tossers. She has an awesome, she page. Has an awesome account. So for one week, um, 
accumulate all your trash like in one bag don't Mm -hmm. don't you know take your trash out throughout the week you know so that's like if you're in your car you go to work you know anything you do just keep all your trash and and then at the end of the week like open up the bag and look at it and when you can actually visually see like what you've been throwing in the trash all week because you know for every for most people it's out of sight out of mind you know you're walking down the street you throw something in the in the trash on the sidewalk you're at work you throw it in the trash at work so you're not you don't you don't visually really absorb Mm -hmm. it so we did that exercise and it was like really eye-opening yeah so then you're able to um to make better habits and choices and um that's that's a great exercise I actually, and I don't yeah. know how true this is, but it was a zero waste post and it was a couple like holding a half full garbage bag and they're like, this is a year's worth of garbage for us. Just full blown, like zero waste initiative. Right? Wow. And it's like, wow. If that's, if that's legit, like good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's the goal right there. Yeah. I mean, our plan is we want to be fully self-sustainable off grid. So like growing our own food. Yeah. Um, but you know, we live in this modern world and you can just order Amazon. Like we got Amazon today and like how much trash is that? Yeah. And we hate ourselves every time. We do it. <laughs> you know what, though, and then all like, the plastic, it, it like everything is wrapped in plastic. Right. Um, I, 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 yeah. it, it was, it has brought a lot of innovation and stuff. And, and even for us, like I have to speak on our own experience here. We need Amazon to be able to launch our product, um, just due to the cost of shipping, and it being a, a lower price item. That us, us starting, we don't have the kind of buying buying power to be able to afford anything else. So I mean, it does come with a lot of bads, but it does has done a lot to empower the a lot of people. Um. But I want, I want to get back to the off-grid. Tell me, what is your dream vision of off-grid look like? <laughs> um, I mean, our dream is, like, if it was a perfect world, our dream is that we would have an, an off-grid home here in the desert in the Mojave, and it would be somewhat of, like, an earth home. So, you know, part of it is, like, you know, built into the boulders to help with cooling. There's different ways that you can do the architecture for airflow. Um, We would love to have a composting toilet and all of our gray water to run off into our garden. Um, We're we're currently making baby steps there. We... um, uh, several months ago, we decided that we were going to sell of all, all of our belongings and buy an RV. And so we're currently doing the RV life and we're, we're Which posted up in a, in a little RV community um, outside of Joshua Tree National Park in the Mojave Desert. You know, then our next step is we also have like a van. We're going to start working on that, try to make that off grid and then so yeah, with maybe the, the RV, RV off grid. Yeah, with the RV, we... Um, we're, our next thing is to put the composting toilet in so we don't have to be, um, you know, hooked up to the Blackwater system. Um, we are growing our own food on a vertical garden um, outside. Aeroponics. Yeah, it's like aeroponics Beautiful. vertical garden. You guys, are, you guys yeah. have put some work in them. I'm impressed. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, yeah, then so, I mean, solar. Our, yeah, our, yeah, we're getting solar next. But our our plan, our, our goal and our vision is to, you know, 
commit to this tiny home lifestyle where we're living way below our means for the next year. And, you know, hopefully we'll have the funds to, to purchase our land to start building our, our home. And, and that home is, that's going to be like the center where we would have, um, for our desert retreats as well, where we'd invite people to come um, for community and, and detox. That's beautiful. That's how I always visioned it. And I'll actually dive into something a little after this, but I envision it like that as, you know, like what you're doing with the RV, break it down, start, you know, dipping your toes in the water of feeling it out, getting used to it. What was I missing? Mm -hmm. What could I use? And then once you're kind of comfortable being out in the bush for months or you know weeks or even years whatever you're doing um take it take it somewhere and make it permanent which leads me into a an idea that uh, gary and a partner of ours and i are working on and we kind of just opened the ice a little bit but we didn't really describe anything so i'll just take the time to explain it to you guys what we do is we really have this idea of of something similar because we think there's a shift in the market what people want nowadays like uh i'm sure it's the same down here but the suburbia feel of taking a pee and watching your neighbor shower does not jive in uh for humanity's best interest I think so, <laughs> right and so we came up with this development that what we'd like to do and we're going to design and, and really just try to incorporate all that from the farming we have like permaculture uh splitting reusing the gay water and what we kind of were hoping to do was similar in the fact that we're thinking like um some kind of timeshare gated community where we'd be able to purchase say 40 acres of land and and try to build a self-sufficient community mm. where people could obviously come and live but it, it could be kind of like a a beach house or cabin feel where people can you know come visit for a week and just get a feel of what living like that is like if you were to do a different model but you could it would, the whole goal would be to build something completely off-grid self-sustaining yeah that yes. sounds awesome. Um, yeah. And that actually, like what you're saying, we've actually discussed something kind of similar as well with, you know, especially in these times, it's important to, you know, group up with like-minded people. And, um, you know, we were like, man, it'd be awesome if we just had like, like massive land and, um, you know, some of our friends could all, you know, share that land. And then we'd have a communal area where we all grow our food. And we've actually, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that because we've heard of other people talking about like other communities. Well, popping there's RV up. communities like that too. Like, yeah. No, there's that one in San Diego. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's like in the city. He's completely off grid. I forgot what it is. Maybe you guys heard of him. And then our other friend mentioned someone else more south in the desert. Yeah, and Anza Brego doing that too, right? Like you build, people will follow. There's this big like feeling out there that nobody wants to live there, but that's not true. Like if I was, uh, had an option to live with some people I knew that were like minded, and we had an opportunity to work together and get to know each other, and, and essentially just leave the system we're in. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. you could still work and stuff if you wanted to, if you needed the extra cash. But the whole point would be working together to get out of this, right? And you'd, 
I think the whole experience would be just very beneficial. It'd be great. That's my mind. What's really meant for humanity. I think that's where people mm-hmm. flourish. So that's where Absolutely. creating, you want innovation centers, you want to, you know, spiritual centers where you can connect in the nature walks and how do we hunt and how do we build and how do we grow and how do we treat each other with compassion and, you know, communal raising of children and lots of love and, and just and compassion going around. I think there's a need for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're I love that. Like we're moving into we need to start thinking generationally and I think most people are starting to move in that way like you said. Uh, you know a lot of people that are looking to move and do this sort of thing. So I think this is like a change in the consciousness across the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's going back. You know, it's almost like more tribal uh more small small town or communal Mm -hmm. but now we're just you know masses are into in the city stacked on top of each other which is kind of um you know the more of us that get together but in a denser proportion it's like the more disconnected we are but then when we i think we're not made to have these massive networks to live in you know maybe rather like a dozen or 100 at the most you know And then that's where everyone's, you know, living or living their life out rather than like living to work, you know, you're nine to five and then you live your life when you retire. But you just contribute to the community that you're in, you know, and everyone does their part. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely say that, you know, I didn't know that this is what where I would end up. You know, I, I lived in LA. I lived in Hollywood for like 17 years, you know, like going to bars and going to shows, (laughs) you know, I was like, um, but you know, taking this step into this tiny home RV life and, you know, shedding the skin of the old self, um, getting rid of so many things. It was, it was scary at first, but then extremely freeing and realizing Mm -hmm. how little you actually need and once we got here, we we're like, man, we don't, we don't even need half the stuff that we did bring with us. So. And then people try to give us stuff. We're like, stop giving us <laughs> stuff. <know>. <laughs> we don't like... have places for it, and it's clutter. It's funny. Always trying to get rid of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say like a quick thing with that. Um, you were saying kind of, you know, maybe the more people, the less connected. I, I maybe it's that, or maybe there's like a we're so collected we're, we're so like close and connected but there's no connection right mm-hmm. like you're, oh, you're everyone's yeah. so caught in the grind it's me 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 i gotta get yeah. to work i'm late i'm busy that you never just stop and hold the door and say uh, say hi and say thank you and how are you stop and talk for the morning everyone's in a rush they got something to do so that connection is mm-hmm. almost separated and there's actually a thing like in in bigger cities, like the people that live there, actually they walk faster in in general and they talk faster than people that live out in like the country. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's just. Well, I mean, that ties right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're just like automatically just firing off responses. You're not actually connecting with people. Wow. That's. that's Yeah. I've lived in boston i've lived in london you know mariah's lived in new york la and yeah it's it's totally right when i was living there you're just like you're always charging through and you're like why is this person slowing us yeah. the whole group down <laughs> on the line yeah, everyone's like <laughs> scorning him and then you come out here you know we made this 
decision to move out to the desert we took a little trip out into it's called blm land it's just like open raw land yeah, it's the bureau of land um, management and we're like it's dude it's, it was stay. like the first time my mind was had calm and peace and quiet there's like nobody around us um you know we were living in newport at the time we're like let's just move out here and do it and it's been so calming and we did it peaceful yeah. and awesome. <laughs> just knew right and life slows down for sure I was actually just talking to my cousin about that today. And I what I had to say to her was, I think when you remove yourself from that noise, and it, actually we were talking about fasting, because mm. um, there's a ceremony, the indigenous ceremony, where you do a four-day fast and uh, out in the bush by yourself. Mm. But uh, we were talking about it and just kind of the experience. And it's like when you remove the noise, when you remove all the static that's when you can hear the your spirit and in the, the, the universe and i think that's a wow. big part of it that's yeah. that's like you know when you ha when you isolate when you disconnect you're you're actually throwing yourself in your true intent your true purpose mm -hmm. your true self yeah and that's that's with meditation as well right it's when you you know take time for yourself be quiet and listen to your own mind and listen to your soul i guess absolutely i mean even jesus did it you know went out into the you know onto the mountain and you know 40 days yeah so you know, it's, it's, <laughs> start with four though yeah it's, um, it's really <laughs> four, important you know to like disconnect <laughs> and fasting you know wow. we're 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 firm believers in in fasting for yeah. um for health reasons and for spiritual reasons. Yeah, this huge, we actually huge started 2020 with a 21 day prayer and fast. Yeah. <laughs> and that was amazing because we didn't know what was to come, but yeah, we did that in January. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I, I totally believe in the fast because I think again with that, whenever you put intent in something to achieve a result, there's that purity there, but there's also uh your body needs a break like your body yeah. mm -hmm. is yeah. constantly working to digest food or what are you looking at you're walking you're breathing you're doing so many things uh often even when you're sleeping your body's still working hard i, I can't remember what the stats are yeah. but it's like 70 percent of your energy is burnt just living right and you think it it would be from working and moving but it's not um, mm. so like allowing your body that break to kind of reconnect with its natural self it's like it's like hitting the default switch like you know psh, reset you got too much going on and then and it really gets you in tune with that uh well-being yeah so that brings back to the hot and cold therapy like the fasting essentially does the same thing it allows your body to rebalance itself right that's funny you mentioned that because that's also one of the first things with our healing protocol is stop eating because you need to give, start healing like those systems. You can drink water and juices, but you know, you don't want to start up the digestive system. And um, so you can essentially do a juice fast, water fast, um, start healing with, with the, the hydrotherapy. It's, yeah, exactly. it's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that a lot of times people approach holistic healing like they approach Western medicine where they think that they can just do one thing, like take one pill and it's going to like take a little bit of herb and yeah, they could think that like, Oh, I'm just going to take this herb thing. Drink some water. But you have to, (laughs) it's, it's a whole approach, you know, like you were saying, it's, um, you there's, it's more than just one thing. It's not, it's not a, it's not the easy button you get to press, you know, (laughs) No, then that's, I think that's the farthest thing from the truth. It's a hard button because um, you still have a little bit of, of belief or, you know, a gray area where do you even know if it works? So say you have a right. situation where, you know, there's a there's a, a holistic cure for something that you know is going to work and you're trying to share it with someone, but it takes, say, three months before you even see a result. Yeah. You feel anything then you're gonna have a hard time because we're so hardwired to see results now like even as people we always just want now 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 and that's uh i think that's the issue is where a lot of our system comes to fail us is that it's come to support this me 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 now 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 mentality and it's not uh teaching people the values and the and the morals of having to wait uh, how much better something is when you work for it and and that kind of uh aspects yeah. right yeah the instant Absolutely. gratifications a, a huge problem with everyone in western society i believe well that's the, one of the mm. reasons why we we do love to start with water is because our bodies are 73% water and so that's a huge percentage of our body. And so if you're putting 73% of the wrong thing into your body, that's a huge area for things to, to go wrong. So a lot of times people are overwhelmed thinking that like, Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to change my diet. I don't want to do all that. Just helping them get the right water um, is a huge part of, of that. Um, the whole process what i really liked was when you you guys had that one video where you let the what was it tomatoes yeah sit in the alkalized water and it just goes green Uh, yeah that was shocking to us that that (laughs) really high alkaline water is actually an oil emulsifier um and you know we've all learned that pesticides are oil-based because the farmers want the pesticides to stick really well to the fruits and vegetables so that they're they don't rinse off when there's rains or when they're watering their crops so when you bring your produce home you got super icky sticky pesticides covering your stuff and what do you do you run it under the the tap even on organic give it a little rinse and um even just using you know some people will use vinegar but that's acid it's not it it doesn't break down the the oil-based pesticides so that particular high alkaline water dissolves the um, uh, dissolves the the pesticides. So yeah, when we um, when we wash our fruits and vegetables in that, we see the water just turns yellow. It's just and I guess that would that mean that it's petroleum based too as well. Yeah, absolutely. From petroleum, probably yeah. the most part, or it's some kind of chemical substance. So there you go. There's another piece that you're ingesting. Back to I think it's atrazine is one of them. Yeah, atrazine is one. Um, but yeah, you know, we've even seen it on on um on organic foods. So and we did another test where you know 
if you just wash your produce with uh, tap water and has and you don't have a chlorine filter or anything we had mariah dip her hand in the tap water and then we put the chlorine drops in it and you could see you know we, we first did a test where we showed like there was chlorine in the water then the second test after she had put her hand in then we tested again with the chlorine drops and it didn't turn yellow so her body means- had absorbed the chlorine in just exactly. a matter of seconds. So what that means is that when we're rinsing our fruits and vegetables in chlorinated tap water, the fruits and vegetables absorb the chlorine into the fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. And the thing mm-hmm. about chlorine too, though, it does evaporate fairly quickly. Um, so just keep that in mind. I'm curious, have mm-hmm. you guys tested the water on like a, a, a homegrown vegetable? Um, Not on a homegrown one. We haven't. I mean, we haven't. That's a good one. I'll, I'll definitely cool do see. that. Yeah, because then you have like that A-B stable test, test right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. We'll we'll do that and we'll uh, we'll tag you in it. Awesome. <laughs> and I have some uh, nice little yellow squashes growing Ooh, out there right now. Can you send me some too? <laughs> yeah, we're there. <laughs> yeah. Overnight them. Yeah, I actually, I was going back to them thinking about the pesticides and stuff in my head. And there was this large scandal back, I think, in the 70s. It was it was the cigarette companies. People kept falling asleep with cigarettes, and it would burn down their house. And the insurance company tried to get banned cigarettes. But the cigarette company was so powerful that they had lobbied so hard that they actually got the government to make furniture companies have to fill their furniture with yes. fire retardant. Yes. Oh my gosh, is that where that came <laughs> yes. from? And yes. that, yeah, wow. that's the same, these same chemicals that yeah. I was talking so about this earlier. So fire retardant is- Oh my God. Is in, a real nasty, carpet. like a number letter chemical, right? And it turns out like this stuff basically was just extremely toxic. So it burned anyways. And it just was like this very this toxic, toxic smoke, smoke and tons of people. Uh, got sick for years from it. Like firefighters, first responders, anyone that was getting sick. But Lord knows that these tobacco companies would never get their cigarettes taken away. That, but oh, yeah, don't hold them it, responsible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's that same mentality. Like why is it us having to suffer because these people don't want to cough up uh, the fact that they made a bad no product or that they <laughs> can't fix it? They can't fix the issue. They're just so caught in the mud lust of the money that they just don't give a shit. They're like, whatever, how long can we hide it? And how, how much will the fine be? If we can beat that, yeah. then let's keep doing it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's immaturity at the end of the day. Um, a lot of these people are just immature in the, in the mind. And even old, old white, you know, these powerful people, they're just really immature and they have an old way of thinking. And I think that's changing as well. Yeah, I think they just see the lower middle class maybe as servants or numbers are really disposable um, and their profits mean more than human life, unfortunately. And but then also, on the other hand, people are keep buying the cigarettes and whatever the products are um, that like feet, you know, keep um, giving them their profits. So it's kind of a two-way street yeah, it's a yeah, true. Too, right? that's the thing about education you know, the, the but cancer 
is it that easy to educate yourself right like is it like you guys had mentioned just getting into this a couple years ago it it's not easy you have to have some Mm -hmm. kind of epiphany that sends you off into a tent exactly get sucked down a youtube rabbit hole (laughs) 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 but even there you're still being played right and it's hard yeah you have to come to like kind of a life and death crossroads so in in my case it was my dad and all of us we had to really like change a lot of things quickly or he would be dead um and you know waking up people it takes time if they're not at that life and death crossroads we talk to a lot of people or uh, families that reach out to us who they're dying of cancer they have friends that are but so those people i think a lot of times are ready to make those changes yeah i think we're all guilty of that i mean it's it's so easy to uh turn a blind eye when you're doing all good and I think that's like part of what we do as humans naturally to just be like, oh, that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And I think even with like a lot of the issues going on in the world, it's yeah, I know about it and yeah, whatever, but it's not bothering me at the moment. And you know, same thing with sicknesses and diseases. It's that you you hear about them and you know that two million people get it a year but no one in your family or no one you know has so it's easy to forget yeah Yeah. i mean i prevention is like the best medicine and you know for me and you know i'm in my 40s now and i was just like you know i don't want to i don't want to wait until there's something that's wrong you know it's like i i definitely drank too much and i smoked when i was younger and um you know i did a lot of things that aren't smart like looking back i'm like oh my gosh it seems so out of character for me um and that's why i've been really hyper vigilant about doing these cleanses and detoxes i just i want to have a a longer fuller life i want to be one of those people living to 125 you know (laughs) yeah now we feel the best (laughs) building homes the best we ever have like we sleep the best we have the most energy i think you know we we look the best like our skin i feel looks looks better than it ever has. Oh yeah, my my skin is definitely much better than it was even, you know, 3 years ago when I was still partaking of the whiskey. <laughs> the whiskey. <laughs> I think that's a fact that we kind of see when you um take that jump into, you know, a healthier, cleaner lifestyle is Elena, a lot of people get discouraged this because after about three weeks a month when your body really hits the part where it's about to shift, that's kind of when you feel the worst. Uh, yeah. When you're getting rid of the last of the garbage and your body, body's just running on the last of its toxins. And, and I think that's mm. where a lot of people kind of give up. But when you continue with it and you get to, you know, the three months, six months area, that's when you start noticing like, wow, these are nice deep sleeps. Like I wake up ready to go. I'm not sore. Uh, just all these benefits that just start emerging that you don't really, I mean, you obviously notice them, but they're, again it's, it goes to that gratitude of the small things that you notice yeah. even mm-hmm. if you tell someone like oh yeah i had a better sleep they're gonna be like oh, you know, okay good like i mean i yeah, sleep I good too <laughs> right but it's like absolutely no, and you, you know so it, many so many of my friends myself included um suffered from a lot of anxiety um and you know i believe a lot of it is you know alcohol and tox toxin induced because 
it's just so normalized, you know, to drink and to drink often. And I can't tell you how many mornings, you know, my mind would just be like a runaway train where I just had so much anxiety and I, I couldn't control it. And, you know, I attribute it now, you know, now that I've been off of alcohol for, you know, over a year, I haven't had any of those anxious moments since. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. just. And that's something we should kind of learn from a younger age, I feel, is coping with kind of anxiety, not just like the imbalance and, you know, coming from the drinking, but like, I think it is natural to get, you know, a certain amount of, I don't want to say anxiety, but that uneasy feeling is kind of oh, a yeah. navigator in life, right? Like that tingle you get in your gut and you kind of get the opening of the pores, like that's um something that you know you're not maybe going to be able to get to completely disappear but you learn how to deal with it not in like a way that's you know turn off your brain and practice this exercise but in a way that's like well this is a part of me this is my body body trying to tell me something sorry guys no and, worries um, i think there's a legitimate difference between um like anxiety that's induced by drugs or drinking and mm -hmm. um, an excitement uh type right yes so yeah I, sure, i've actually point. i've actually haven't drank for about two and a half years myself too awesome so wow. that's yeah i uh i have bad bad drinking uh in my family so i decided Same. to cut that out <laughs> same yeah, yeah Mariah um, had that running in her family, so that was like one huge reason. Yeah, to yeah. like, I was to like, quit. I was expecting other people to um, to get better, and I was like, you know, actually, I can be the one to break this cycle. Yeah, well, congratulations so. on the one yeah, year. That's awesome. Thank that's you. A, you, you guys, yeah. happier livers. <laughs> happier yeah, livers. Yeah. yeah, it's really a big thing <clears throat> because. It's, I know when I started drinking, I didn't like it. I didn't like the taste or anything. And it was something that you just kind of watch and you grow. But it's, it's uh, like you said, it's thrown in your face all the time. And it becomes a part of your lifestyle. Like I remember for a good five years of my life focused on partying. It was like, mm -hmm. what do you want to do this weekend? Well, I don't know. Get yeah. drunk. Like that was your idea plan that was your like what yeah. you're doing like oh we're getting yeah. drunk this weekend yeah. Woo! and you're like yo that's not a plan that's that's yeah. not like what kind of shit is that like you're gonna drink beers in your in your house or in your backyard or whatever i mean like that's not a plan that's getting drunk you're changing your state you're not doing anything different than you would do you're just getting drunk like that's not a big Absolutely. big thing to look forward to right yeah and unfortunately yeah, I think um, most of the world is, you know, constantly in that state, right? They look forward to Fridays, they look forward to Saturdays, and they're drinking every, if not every day, every few days. And, <laughs> they, you know, when whenever they get a free conscious state of mind, they're almost, they have a short, short period of time to think about things before they're intoxicated again. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how our, our life was. Yeah. Like yeah. I was drinking every single night. I was, you know, also working in the restaurant industry. So um, that's just like a part of that lifestyle. You drink every night, 
That's sometimes like a half normal. bottle a bottle while you're like on the job and then you take the open bottles home and yeah you drink those and then you wonder why you're like depressed um yeah uh, you know yeah it and really for... it's it's you know talking about toxins in our environment it's a huge toxin yeah. and yeah. it's just <laughs> widely accepted and it's it's a poison and not only is it toxic for your body it's toxic for your relationships and your family you know it's like my you know my family was you know torn apart by alcoholism and it's just some of the worst just, experiences in my life was me yeah being, i was there alcohol involved with every one of them you know it's very yep. it's like i can count the worst ones and they all were mm -hmm. alcohol right like yeah yep. but the Same. thing is it's been around forever and i was just recently in germany last year but right before covid actually and we were visiting the castles and like those guys were just drunk all the time. <laughs> wow, like, yeah. That's it. They just got drunk and killed people. Like what <laughs> the heck were we? <laughs> I mean, Savages. they actually had their coolers were the size of houses. Like Whoa. modern <sighs> like like hundred thousand liter kegs just built in underneath the king's <laughs> um chambers. <laughs> and it was just open taps everywhere all the time and if you think about it and you look in the books it's pretty accurate like even hitler during world war ii they were all just high on like crystal meth or oh, amphetamine yeah. the yeah. whole time like <laughs> so you think about it and you look back and you're like oh we've been taught to respect a lot of things but the the real people running the world were just power hungry people out slaughtering people for their own gain and this dates back many a years, right? Like yeah. for the for human beings for thousands of years, this has been the behavior. Man, the, the old me would have loved those house-sized beer coolers. Yeah, it still <laughs> sounds awesome to me. But yeah, we're gonna need to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Off grid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a good beer, cold beer, does sound nice on a hot oh, day. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll do like the non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. There's some we'll decent ones, you know. Yeah. Heineken. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or get we'll, it ice cold. Uh, we, we get a uh, we get kombucha and put it in a wine glass, you know. Yeah. Do you ever make too. your own? Huh? Do you ever make your own? I haven't and I would love to. I, I have some friends that do. I haven't gotten around to have it. Have you guys done that? Do. I haven't yet. I've been dying to. No. My a couple of my yeah. friends do though. Put it in your bathtub, make it in your bathtub, right? <laughs> yeah, before before we move off, I just wanted to just input here. Um, we have a page for the sustainable development, that the idea that we're trying to create. So the, the Instagram page is United Innovation Association. So United you can follow Innovation us there. Just wanted to put that out there. We might change the yeah, name. Yeah, sure. Not 100 on it yet, but uh, that's where we're building our page. So, yeah, it'll be we're cool. so stoked we're... to check that out. Yeah, so that's gonna be up um in the Vancouver area. Yeah, well, we're thinking like it's gotta be. You can't really be too dense here, but there are a lot of like outskirt towns, and essentially what we want to do is just really hit every detail from which way do the houses have to face to get the most sun 
Mm, how yeah. can we best reuse the water that we have how can we implement systems that bring people together how can we you know be most efficient in our usage like we obviously don't want to be completely um right back to the stone age but at the same time it's like we don't want to bring too much technology either so there's mm -hmm. like this fine line where you really got to sit down and brainstorm what do people need what do people want and where can we find that happy medium because i mean at the end of the day yeah. we do have to change our lifestyles to to become more in tune with our true purpose right yeah absolutely um that sounds incredible and can i share one thing with you about your you you mentioned um yeah, absolutely. Uh, about like which way to face the house you know that's one of the details <laughs> Yeah. We um you might have seen this before. We came I thought I came up with the idea, but I guess other people had the idea as well. But there's a way happens. that you can um <laughs> you know, move the house throughout the day. I think it's heliotropic. Uh, oh, yes. Like yes. a heliotropic house where it moves with the sun. So I we were I saying it would be awesome. Yeah, you can like you can position the house to be able to, you know, see the sunrise and sunset or just, you know, if the air, you know, the wind direction changed, it's like kind of like on this pulley system. So yeah, that's something yeah. we want to implement. There's some guy in Europe, he did a massive one, like on old uh, rails, like train tracks. I think that's how he did it. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to look yeah. into that for sure. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So, I mean, that's the kind of technology we're talking about right like it's, it's just small things that make a huge difference on when you're talking uh sustainable resources or systems that you need all the advantage you can get because people are always going to sit there and they're going to say no no the old way is better until you can mm -hmm. prove them wrong and that's just how people are or you can make it cool because people like to follow what's cool right and so that's where you kind of step in and and that's where the education and, and that's where you know talking yeah. to people like you comes in because it helps expand your perception of all these moving parts and how we can work together because even though we're like-minded we're very different people i'm sure just like any mm -hmm. other person would be and so we have to incorporate that too well like how do you get all these personalities to get along and, mm -hmm. and then what kind of you know um systems or like activities are you doing to provide these people with the means to connect because at the end of the day even if you had you know 10 best friends trying to get them to live together is might be an issue and so it's like <laughs> how, how much space yeah. do we give you how much uh how much privacy how much you know what i mean like because yeah. you, you want to you obviously don't want to be so private but at the same time it's again you don't want to be looking and, and see your neighbor out your window so there's like this this fine line yeah. of so many questions but it's definitely a conversation worth having mm -hmm. yeah and it's trending right now um and it's going to be a learning experience for everyone who's trying to build these communities i think we have to learn from history where we came from i don't know how to find out you know how those people found that type of balance in their communities and then also like at the same time progressing and building that into this modern version of it 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see how you you guys' um, uh, community there, your plan, yeah, like, this is a long comes term. to life. Yeah, it's definitely a long-term plan. This is but, like a five-year uh, plan kind of thing. Yeah, you could definitely just sign up and we'll keep you in the loop. So there's a... <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably do. We'll be doing yeah. something similar down here in the yeah, south. So. Yeah, I mean, we could even we'll uh, bounce ideas off each other and start <laughs> brainstorming. And, and I mean, there's so many sides. Like, there's so many parts. Yeah. I can't emphasize that enough, right? Like, there's you're talking a whole... I don't want to say economy because that's, that's just even way more. Um, mm-hmm. To get people out of their comfort zone and not only out of it, but to... to pay to live here right and i think we mm-hmm. touched on this briefly last podcast but a really cool um what was a theory kind of being thrown around was like private cities mm-hmm. and just having that like people coming back to i mean essentially the government is there to help you right and so that's what we're trying to say we don't need the government let's get back to helping each other yeah, on their rules and on their terms, so we don't get uh, put in wherever. I mean, I I went through the big yeah. phase when I first started, kind of going down this path, where I just wanted to share everything with the world, and that that cost me my social media, all my personal social media. So there's definitely, and I know you even said at the beginning, there's so many regulations, stipulations that Mm -hmm. that's even just what you can say but now when you start questioning certain authorities and stuff you get into a whole different uh sea and you're you're really swimming the sharks there and they just they'll just turn your shit off yep good old censorship (laughs) (laughs) gotta go back to like pony express that's a another day what are smoke fires smoke signals (laughs) yeah Um, but i think there's a way like people are kind of getting to that point where the government has too much control over their life and they're seeing it like you government just existed before we got here but that doesn't mean we need it we need it to exist you know like you can definitely exist in a community outside of it but they just want control over uh, all geography and every person i did have this one thought though recently and it's like there's still a lot of bad people out there and so, like, yeah. if you built this nice community and you convinced, say, somehow you made it big enough, you're like, okay, if we convince the president to make a sustainable country, and then all of a sudden, if Russia moves in and they're like, ha, ah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I yeah. mean, there's, there's, and I'm not saying I like, um, I, it was literally just a thought that popped in my head, and I was like, hmm, wonder, like, maybe. Because uh, there's, there's, there is not a lot of good people. I, mean, I know I've, I've said that wrong, but there is a lot of people out there that might not have great intent. You know? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely one use for the government is you know protection, right? Protection against bad people. And it's like wherever you plan to build um, a community within the country, they would you know take care of your security still. But if you had a free private city, you would have to have your own security right so yeah. they'd probably be your mm-hmm. first enemy wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're on my land <laughs> yeah who knows then um across that be the wild west yeah. i'm just playing anyways yeah yeah we can definitely go down that rabbit hole 
<laughs> yeah, I know that's uh, what rabbit government holes. Just and where all that's going. Forever, right? That would be exciting. And again, to that whole <laughs> censorship thing, I'm not. Uh, yeah, not looking to get banned again. Yeah, maybe I next had, time. I literally <laughs> had my personal Facebook like just deleted, like all wow, of that's fifteen gnarly. years of photos just like gone. Yeah, had, I've had, had mine taken away too. Post deleted. And phones don't and really flag, work anymore. But like, not. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> I had mine taken away because I made a page for Bitcoin a few years ago. Totally. Yeah, like I was making like an e-commerce store for Bitcoin clothes, and they like my account got fucked. Yeah, they don't like that decentralized currency. Yeah. I I think yeah they're getting more into it now, but I was kind of like when it was getting a bit more uh, public attention, and yeah they were like, hold on here, let's uh, take everything back and let's uh, see what see what we want to do. Hmm. Yeah, mine was that big save our children movement. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I started a page for that and just calling out a lot of politicians and stuff. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. That one didn't go over very well. Yeah. I mean that's all come to our attention starting last year, you know. We didn't we weren't really aware of all that stuff. Um, yeah. We better child be best we don't hop into that stuff anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah almost uh, let's, let's... almost hitting an hour hour and what? hour and a half here hour and a half here almost guys Um, you know one thing we like to do is uh, (laughs) trying to do this episode is is just share some good news and like some good positive um you know what's going on in your life or maybe something you heard and so maybe if you guys want to just share something good with us that'd be great sure (laughs) do you think of anything (laughs) oh yeah there's lots of good news um let's see one thing I learned actually today is that um, a group of bunnies is called a fluffle. <laughs> the fluffle. Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds like Sorry, when you go to bad hair day or something. <laughs> like, oh, I got a fluffle in my hair. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, awesome. I, I like the Greek for good news, evangelio. That's the word we get for gospel or evangelist. So we always like to share our faith. That's good news. We just say, hey, if you want to know the good news, start reading the Gospel of John. Yeah, that's and you know Jesus transformed our lives. Like we uh, had a Jesus encounter, end of 2019. So um, that's good news. That was good news, absolutely. (laughs) And more good news. We got married on December 31st, the last day of 2020. We wanted to end the most transform. (laughs) transformational year of our lives yeah with... that was at winter solstice still wasn't it um was it on the 31st uh i think it was like the 26 or something but, but yeah the like 27 yeah but yeah fresh. yeah so we just wanted to we wanted to end the most transformational year of our lives yeah now we're still that. we still gotta have the actual wedding because it was just yeah. us two yeah congratulations <laughs> well, yeah congratulations guys that's yeah great. thanks Thank a lot you. um i just wanted to say that it's actually uh, world water day today and it's funny because we had you guys on the podcast and the uh, whole water connection there so just oh, awesome. add that. yeah that's cheers yeah. <laughs> that's actually um that's i was thinking about that too and i guess for me um 
there's a huge shift right now going on and we're actually seeing this a lot of the indigenous communities they're all shifting to solar energy and then trying to mm-hmm. incorporate that um i think that's kind of setting an example for not i don't want to say everyone but to show that because often the communities based in indigenous uh, lands they operate on their own terms under their own governance so yeah. having them step up is inspiring to me personally and and just to know that there's people out there that are in positions of power to really make some changes on a larger scale and they're and they're taking in that and i know that they've always kind of been stewards of the land but to see and set that example is extremely positive and uplifting so OCM for that that's awesome yeah you know solar's next on our list as well so and uh for the next episode definitely could talk a lot more about water like maybe some teasers we could talk about (laughs) the fourth stage of water yeah go more into that exactly that's something i can talk about too as well that'd be really cool to dive into just pun intended (laughs) dive into the depth Yeah, yeah. So you guys are a great guest. We'll definitely have you on again, and uh, wish you the yeah. best with your with your new business venture and and your marriage. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you so, so much yeah. for being Thanks, with us. Thanks, Gary. Garrett for having us. Thank you yeah. for having us, and thank you for creating this space and you know drawing awareness and education. Um, yeah. And it's it's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. Thanks everyone for listening. Spread yes. the word. Amen. We awesome, really yeah. we really appreciate those words too, because at the end of the day. It's just a space. And every time we have these conversations, we're putting that intent into the universe. We're putting those words and that energy out there. So thank you for sharing with us and collectively helping raise that energy. Thank you so much, you guys. Likewise. Okay, take care. And it was a real pleasure to both of you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. soon. Until next time. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Cheers. Awesome. So that was our guest, Mariah and Joseph. What a great, uh, what a great show that was. Uh, we really appreciate everyone coming along for that journey. That was a beautiful conversation. Uh, yeah, and I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot too. They had a lot to mm-hmm. say. It's always nice when you meet someone in a similar field or similar. Obviously, we are all in that mindset, but just to. Um, learn something new in a, a topic you're passionate about. I, I enjoy that. So thanks everyone for joining us. As always, we hope you have a good day. All of us at Good World say yeah. goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you everyone for tuning in to a Good World podcast. And as always, we're presented by Good Organics, so follow us on all social media at Good Organics Co. We wish you the best and hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Adios. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do.